0: know that, yeah, we've been going through Proverbs this semester, and kind of the theme of Proverbs is a life of wisdom, right? So we've kind of seen that Proverbs isn't really a rule book for how Christians should live. It's kind of more of a, it's just kind of a set of observations of how the world generally works, and so it gives us wisdom of how to live a Christian life. Um, So we're going to stick with that tonight, and uh, yeah. So if y'all can look, you can look in the insert. I'm going to read quite a few uh, selected passages, so if y'all join me, here we go. All right, Proverbs 10:11. 11 uh, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. 10, 18, and 19. He who conceals his hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. 10-32. The lips of the righteous know what is fitting, But the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. 12.18. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. 12.22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. 13.3. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. 15.4. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 1523, a man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word? 1624, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. 1727 and 28, a man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent, and discerning if he holds his tongue. 187, a fool's mouth is his undoing. And his lips are a snare to his soul. 1813. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. 1821. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 2019. A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. 2511. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And 29.20, do you see a man who speaks with haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Alright, the prophet Isaiah says that all men are like grass, and all man's glory is like the flowers of the field. And that the the grass withers and the flowers fall away, but the word of our God, it stands forever. So let's pray before we look into it further tonight. Father, thank you so much just for who you are. And we thank you for the opportunity to just come here every Wednesday night, Lord, and sing songs together and to just hear your gospel preached, Lord. Um, I just pray that you would come tonight and open our hearts to um, the truth of your word, um, that you would just be present here tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so we've all heard the really common expression um, that sticks and stones can't break our bones but words can never hurt us. Excuse me, sticks and stones can break my bones but words can never hurt us. Um, and I'm basically here to say that I think that's totally crazy to say, right? And I think Proverbs says that too. Um, I've always wanted to be the guy that has really thick skin and just doesn't care what people say about me or say to me. Uh, But the truth is I, of course, care a lot what people say to me. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves uh, we would probably say the same thing. Um, Because the fact is, and I think Proverbs really speaks to this, the fact is that words really have the ability to dig in deep and they have the ability to really linger with us and Yeah, they can really shape us in good ways and bad ways. Um, And so, yeah, as we just saw, Proverbs is actually full of wisdom and in in terms of how we use our words. And so surprise, we're going to have we're going to look at three things tonight. Um, I want us to see that words can be harmful. And then thankfully, I want us to see that words can also be healing. And then thirdly, I just want to see I want us to see some general wisdom kind of on the when and how we use our words. Um, So, yeah, words can be harmful. I think our first order of business is to really negate the fact that, you know, this famous cultural proverb that says that only physical things can hurt us, but words can't. Yeah, I think that Proverbs is totally, totally denying that. Look back at 1218. Reckless words pierce like a sword. Or 154, a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Uh, Or 1821, the tongue has the power of life and death. What are these verses telling us? They're telling us that Words actually do have a lot of power, even the power of life and death. Like, that's a big deal. Words can really, yeah. Physical things aren't the only things that can hurt us. Words, yeah, they just, they have the power to really crush us and to really pierce, as it says. Um, so yeah, why do we think that words have such power to really dig in deep and to really affect someone internally? Um, and I think a big part of it is just that Uh, words reveal what's inside it. They reveal what's in our heart. Um, I think this is a Tim Keller quote. I'm not positive, but we're going to go with it. It's probably safe to say Tim Keller said this. Um, The quote is that uh, words are the clothes that our thoughts wear to go out in public, which is pretty straightforward. That makes sense, right? So whatever we think, whatever we feel, um, that's how words are the way that we portray that to other people. And so... If we're honest with ourselves, we know that our deep, some of our deepest desires is to feel approval and acceptance and to feel understood and loved by other people. And so hearing, um, some, hearing harsh words um, can convince us that, that these people really do feel a certain way about us in this sense, a negative way, right? Um, yeah, I just think that words can hurt because it reveals that someone maybe doesn't accept us. Um, maybe someone doesn't love us for who we are. Um, yeah, we, we care about that. We want to feel approval and acceptance from the people around us. And, yeah, I mean, someone's words can cut in deep and that they can linger with us um, because, yeah, we want that. We, we care about that acceptance. Um, so, yeah, a lot of y'all know me. I love The Office. I'm going to do an Office reference real quick, so buckle up. Um, there's the, the episode where they're playing Dirty Santa. And so there's a $20 spending limit. And everybody buys a gift, supposed to be under $20. Michael, in true Michael fashion, buys an iPod instead, right? Because he wants to be elevated. And so they end up doing what he calls Yankee Swap, where, you know, a gift gets to be switched two times before someone keeps it, right? So the gift that Michael ends up with is this oven mitt that Phyllis knitted herself, right? So she worked really hard on this oven mitt. And... Michael gets really upset. Also true Michael fashion, right? He gets up and he like starts to storm off. And he holds up the oven and he says, you know what this says? This says, I care about you, a homemade oven mitt's worth, right? And he throws it down and he walks away. he's really upset. And then it shows Phyllis. And Phyllis, her feelings are clearly hurt. Why? Not just because he said mean words about her gift. But what he's really saying is that all the hard work and the care that she put into this something that she cared about that's supposed to convey that yeah she cares but instead he's saying like all your hard work actually isn't enough to bring approval and acceptance so yeah that that digs down that hurts um i could use a more serious illustration um one of my good friends told me that when he was in ninth grade the same kid at school every week every day um told him that he's fat every day and my friend obviously has not forgotten that and probably will never forget that um because, yeah, what is the kid... What's the kid really telling him? He's telling him that you're not good enough. You're, you're too different. You belong on the outside. I'm better than you. And, yeah, of course my friend's not going to forget that because... Uh, yeah, I think we can become convinced when someone bullies or when someone verbally abuses. And, hey, maybe some of us have been a victim of that before. And, yeah, we can become convinced that maybe that is true. That... Maybe we aren't good enough. And maybe, yeah, maybe no one understands me. Maybe no one loves me for who I am. And, yeah, I mean, that, that can really affect your self-esteem, your confidence. Every decision that you make, every thought that you have, that's going to be at the forefront if you become convinced um, from someone's harsh words like that. And that's, that's a really powerful thing. Um, yeah, why, so why would, why would someone, why do people say mean things? Why do people bully um, yeah, I think it's because that at some point in their life, maybe someone else has convinced them that they're not good enough, and maybe taking it out on someone else eases the pain a little bit. Maybe it ele- it makes them feel more affirmed um, in the things that they've con- been convinced aren't good enough, right? Um, and yeah, I think again, if we're honest with ourselves, I mean, even if none of us actively bully people we still might know what it feels like to put someone down, to talk behind someone's back, whatever. Um, We still know what that feels like, right? That in some way still can make us feel better about ourselves because we're all full of insecurities and, yeah, let's be honest, like, talking behind somebody's back or, like, passively, aggressively putting someone down, that can kind of make us feel better about ourselves. And, Yeah, I mean, I know I'm guilty of that. I'm sure some of us might be guilty of that too. Um, So yeah, some of these other verses talk about lies and how powerful and destructive lies can be. Um, Just a couple of these verses, 1219, um, a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Or 1222, the Lord detests lying lips. The truth is that when we we lie to people, we cheat them of the truth. And we basically tell them that we don't respect them enough. We don't think that they deserve to know the truth. Um, yeah, that's a big deal. Think about, think about when you were in high school and you did something wrong and you lied to your parents about it. And then soon enough, your parents find out because that's what parents do. And, yeah, what do they say? They, they tell you that they're upset about the thing you did, but they're really, really upset about the fact that you lied to them about it, right? Right? Lying just, it strongly affects your relationships, right? Because trust is probably the most important part of relationships. And I'm talking about relationships with your family, with your friends, with your employer, with your mentor, with your, you name it. Um, yeah, so if you lie to someone, they become unable to trust you. And that's, that's going to completely destroy the relationships in your life, right? Um, yeah, so after all that, I don't yeah what does that what does that mean? What do we do with that? Where do we go from here? oh um, yeah, honestly, I just think it means that we just have to be careful with our words. We have to think about what we say and how it's going to affect people before we actually say it because yeah they they aren't they aren't just words they're actually instruments that can as the proverb told us that can pierce and crush um the human soul and that's yeah maybe that's something we should consider before yeah I mean. Next time we get the opportunity to gossip, I mean, it seems seems pretty innocent. Or next time we get the opportunity to, yeah, just elevate ourselves in any way to make us feel better than someone else. Um, yeah, we, could, we should consider maybe the effect that that's going to have on people because, yeah, maybe we've felt the pain um, from other people's words as well. Um, okay, so let's move on. Thankfully, um, words have equal power to heal right so they they aren't just evil devices that tear people down thankfully words can also heal right they can bring life um 10 says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life or 16 24 says pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones all right this this is kind of a relief to me after just after what i just talked about like how powerful words can be and how they can crush us um yeah, words are actually, as Christians, words, we're actually called to use words to bring people life. Um, so yeah, if what I was saying earlier was true, that our words reveal what's in our hearts. Um, that means that maybe the problem is that our hearts, in some sense, do have malice, and our hearts are full of pride, and so maybe that's why we use harmful words. So what does that say about what our hearts should look like if, yeah, if we're to use healing words, right? Yeah, plain and simple, I think it just means that our hearts are to be pure, and our hearts are to be upright, right? Yeah, if, we, if we're somehow able to do away with all the malice and pride in our hearts, um, yeah, maybe healing words will become a part of our life, right? Um, yeah, because healing words do just the opposite of harmful words, right? Instead of tear down relationships, they actually build them up. They increase people's ability to trust us, and that's, yeah, that's a big deal, um, yeah, and yeah, what I don't don't want to be saying is alright, so we gotta we gotta purify our hearts and then, alright, we're good to go because, yeah, I mean we aren't really capable of doing that so I think what that really means for us is that ultimately we have to realize what's ultimately true which is the fact that Jesus came and actually died and took credit for all of our sins and he saved us from all of, the, all of the sin in our lives, which includes the sin with our, with our mouths, right? Um, so yeah, if, if we realize that the Holy Spirit actually comes and actually works in people's hearts. Um, yeah, a purified heart comes out of that. And then and only then can encouraging and uplifting and healing speech yeah, be a part of our lives. Um, let's also see the flip side of, of lying, bringing destruction, right? It says that truth is delighted in Twelve nineteen, truthful lips endure forever. Or twelve twenty two, the Lord delights in men who are truthful. Why do we? Why is it that God delights so much in truth? And I think plain and simple is just as Christians, we're we're called to everything we say and do is called is meant to point to the ultimate truth, which is that Jesus came and lived a perfect life and gave us credit for it, and we'll get back to that. But yeah, I mean. Christians are, are supposed to be ambassadors of the Savior of the universe. And so telling the truth actually matters. I wanted, I wanted to point out Ephesians 4 just for a second. Um, so Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4 just about unity in Christ. And he says that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, but instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head. That is Christ, what paul 's saying is that if we do believe um, that Christ came and died to save us, then yeah, then telling the truth actually makes you more like jesus right there 's this process called sanctification where once you realize that you do believe that Jesus came and died to save you, yeah, basically this is saying that the Holy Spirit comes and actually makes you more like Christ, which includes yeah, healing your heart so you can be more truthful, so that you can encourage people and heal people, bring people life with your words. Um, and yeah, look, we know that the truth can hurt a lot. Sometimes it just sucks to be honest with people. Um, but yeah, I just think what this is saying is it really is important to realize that the truth just matters. Um, and I think that's because like God is the author and creator of all things. And so when we tell the truth, we're accepting the reality that he has ordained. But when we lie, we're denying the reality that, he, that he's created. And we're trying to create our own reality by lying. And, yeah, we're cheating people of that same reality. Um, so, story time. Um, when I was a senior in high school, one of my friends invited me to what was basically this big party on the weekend, Right? I didn't drink a drop in high school I was not in the party scene But I must have been feeling pretty rebellious Because I told him I was thinking about going And hey, thanks for inviting me And I was mentioning it to another one of my close friends Just kind of in, in passing in a conversation And so I'm like, hey, I go to this party And without hesitation, my friend looked me in the eyes And he said, I think that would be a dumb decision, David Like, I don't think that just because you're feeling impulsive You should run to these worldly things A.K.A. alcohol, whatever. Um, Just because you're feeling rebellious, you want to do something crazy. Like, yeah, be smart, David. And, yeah, I was kind of mad. I did not want him to say that. I wanted him to encourage me to go to this party. Or maybe come with me to this party. It sounded like fun. But then, later on, I realized that, of course, he was right. And I didn't go to the party. And I went back to my friend and thanked him for being straight up with me. For being honest with me. Even though I knew that probably sucked for him to tell me, um, yeah, I had to tell him like, "Please keep doing this to me. Every time I'm trying to make a stupid decision, please ridicule me to my face, and I'll try to do the same for you." But yeah, I mean, that's that's what brothers do for each other. That's what friends do for each other. Is even when this the truth sucks and it's hard, it's hard to tell each other. Yeah, we're just we're just supposed to do it. We're just supposed to be honest, even when it's hard. And so once again, I think what this means for us is just that our words matter, and they matter a lot. Um, yeah. Kind, uplifting, encouraging words can remind us of the ultimate truth, the ultimate Savior, right? Um, and, yeah. When we're honest with each other, yeah. It just points ourselves all towards Christ, which is ultimately all that matters. Yeah, he's, he came to set us free. Um, So, okay, thirdly, I just want to look at some general wisdom, kind of the when and how of our words. There's a lot of Proverbs that talk about kind of the timing and such with our words. Um, I'll point out a few more. Um, 1019, 1019 says that when words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. And then 1813 says, he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. These verses are pretty straightforward. I think what they're telling us is that there's such a thing as talking too much, and that it's important to listen to people when they talk to you, and it's important to think about what we say before we say it, right? Um, yeah, there's definitely such a thing as talking too much or talking when maybe when we, not, we are not supposed to. I mean, it literally says sin is not absent when there are a lot of words, aka sin is present, right? Um, he who holds his tongue is wise. Alright, so does that mean that we're never supposed to speak? I don't think so. But I think it is strongly imploring us to, yeah, to just choose our words carefully. Um, there's actually another proverb that uh, we didn't read tonight, but I'm going to read it to y'all really quick. It's, it's too good to pass up. It's Proverbs uh, 27, 14. It says, uh, those who bless their neighbors with a loud voice in the early morning, it will be considered a curse to them. I just, yeah, that's funny. That's okay. That's funny. He's literally saying that if it's too early and you're, like, encouraging your neighbor, yeah, that's actually going to curse him instead. And while I really do think that's funny, that's powerful. That's telling us that, man, timing is super important with our words, and it actually means more than we maybe realize. Um, Yeah, a couple of these verses even call those who speak too much, it calls them fools. Um, 1728 says, Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. And then 2920 says, Do you see a man who speaks with haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Look, yeah, that that might seem harsh, but I don't know, maybe we need to hear it. I I need to hear it. I think a major way that we fight for affirmation and we fight for recognition from people is by speaking too often or by speaking maybe when we shouldn't have spoken. Um, yeah, I find myself a lot trying to dominate a conversation. Um, I like to interrupt people. Basically, what I want is for whoever's in the group, I want them to know that I'm smart. I've got my stuff together, so I'm actually right here, not you. Um, maybe maybe some of y'all felt that too. Um, one of my best friends used to have the affectionate nickname for me, uh, Google, because I would always pull my phone out and Google something, may, either either to make sure I'm right To prove myself right, or just to prove them wrong, either way. Um, And of course, that didn't always work for me. I was proven wrong plenty of times. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was kind of how I fought for people to recognize me. And yeah, I wanted to be affirmed by other people. And the fact that they know maybe, oh, David's got his stuff together. But no, I mean, of course that's not what it conveys. It just conveys that David's annoying and talks too much sometimes. But... I think the point is from from some of these verses we just read is that um, there's actually a strong sense of humility um, in these verses. And humility shows shows maturity and it shows wisdom, um, which are things that the Lord delights in, right? Um, Yeah, if we listen to people, if we're patient before we speak, if we're apt with our words, as it says, which just means appropriate. um, Yeah, that conveys humility and it conveys wisdom. But whenever I interrupt people and I dominate a conversation, it just shows immaturity and pride, um, which are, yeah, things that we're not called to. Um, so yeah, so after all this, why is it why is it so important to be wise with our words? Well, I mean, for one, a couple of these verses in Proverbs tell us that if we don't strive for wisdom in this area of our lives, uh, we'll actually come to ruin or, or calamity. And then, again, 18.21 says that words have the power of life and death. Yeah, it's safe to say as Christians, we're called to bring life with our words, not death, right? Um, So, again, what I don't want y'all to hear me saying is, alright, it's time to straighten up, it's time to fix our tongues, it's time to stop saying bad stuff, start saying good stuff, start telling the truth, and then boom, like we're on the road to righteousness. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I do want us to see is, how words, how it ties into the story of creation and of redemption. Um, so yeah, when God created the world, what did he do? He spoke. He said, Let there be light, and there was. So yeah, the world and everything in it, which includes us, is here because God spoke us into existence, right? That's a big deal. When he came, when he when he decided to redeem the world, what did he do? He sent he sent his word, his true and perfect word, in the form of himself. Uh, I want to jump back to the New Testament really quick. Uh, John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then down, in, uh, a little further down in verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Right? Jesus is God himself as a human. And he's also the word became flesh, right? He is God's living word sent to to earth to live a perfect life, to redeem a a broken world, right? Um, Yeah, so, if the problem is that we hurt people with our words, and that we are hurt with other people's words, and that we lie, and that we're unwise with our words, Jesus actually comes and he's able to relate to that to some extent, right? Jesus was hurt by other people's words. People didn 't believe the truth that Jesus was telling them people yeah people gave false testimony against him. Think about Judas Judas betrayed Jesus he gave him up um, just for some money and Peter is a similar in a similar boat Peter denied Jesus denied knowing Jesus three different times just to save himself and these these weren't, these were close friends of Jesus, people that he loved and trusted, and yeah, you better believe that he felt hurt and betrayed whenever they did those things. And so, yeah, he can relate to us in the the pain of people's words and the pain that that can bring. Um, And then think about how Jesus healed with his words. Right? He tells a demon to leave a man's body. He tells a dead child to wake up, and he tells a lame man to walk. Right? Right? Yeah, the point is that Jesus, he fulfills wisdom perfectly in in every aspect, including how we talk, which is hard to think about because that just seems kind of like a random topic, but Jesus actually, yeah, he actually perfectly fulfilled our words, and he eventually, yeah, he perfectly forgives us for our words, even no matter, yeah, no matter how broken they are. Um, Yeah, all of the times that, We've been hurt by other people's words. All of the times that we've caused pain with our own words. All the times we've lied, interrupted, whatever. Um, Jesus actually takes credit for that. And, yeah, he actually gives us credit for the perfect life that he lived. Um, Yeah, and he actually, he offers that to us for free. Um, And he offers it to us even tonight. So, I pray that you take it. Let's pray. Father, um, thank you so much, again, just for who you are, Lord. Thank you that you are sovereign over all things. Thank you that you are the author and creator of all things. Um, yeah, and thank you. Thank you for sending your true and perfect word in the form of your son um, to come and take credit for all of our, all of our sin. Um, we pray that you would just open our hearts to, yeah, to your truth, and that you would move in our hearts and make us more like you. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.